Welcome to Art Talk Live. I'm your host, Julia Noyes, from the Noyes Art Gallery. I'm interviewing artists for your listening pleasure. Haven't you ever wondered why artists do what they do or what inspires them? So here we are, live, to give you the inside scoop. Welcome to Art Talk Live. This is Lynette Fast from Noise Art Gallery, hosting kzum.org forward slash Art Talk Live. Come back often to hear stories about artists, events going on in our community, and what it is that artists do. We like to give you the behind-the-scenes stuff so that you can understand what an artist's world is like. Come on down to Noise Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street and visit us on first or third Friday. And from 6 to 9 p.m., we host openings where you can come in and visit and meet and talk to artists. Also, don't forget, on Saturday, September 14th, we have our big annual event. It's our seventh annual Art in the Garden at the Sunken Gardens in beautiful 27th and Parkway Sunken Gardens. This year's theme is called Moon River. You could also go over to another podcast with Steve Nozzle and Alice Reed and hear about the background of Moon River and how it is they go through that design process in the Sunken Gardens. If it does rain that day or there's threatening weather uh, forecast for the whole day, we will move over to Odd Pavilion at Antelope Park, and I hope you'll visit us. Uh, be an art fan. Come out and support us. They, there'll be over 50 artists selling their original art. Uh, there's free admission, free music, free dance. There's going to be food vendors. The parking is free. And that all happens because of our fabulous corporate sponsors, Emeritus and Great Western Bank, Party in the Parks, Lincoln Parks and Recreation, and Halls Culligan. Please come out and be an art fan. With me today is Doug Hocko, and he is a longtime artist at the Noise Art Gallery, a sculptor who primarily works in metals and makes some of the most interesting, original, unique, I'd even call them quirky. When you look at his work often, you just smile. And you can see his fabulous, uh, delightful sense of humor and kind, gentle heart behind his work. He puts a lot of care and a lot of whimsy and a lot of play into his work. Welcome, Doug. Hi, Lynette. I, I yeah. <laughs> I left you speechless already. <laughs> I, I'm speechless. <laughs> well, Doug, I have always very much enjoyed your work. How long have you been at the gallery? I bet it's been 10 or 12 years. It's been a long time. Yes, I know longer than I have. Yeah. And you were always one of the kind smiles and welcoming artists that made me so much want to be a part of the Noise Art Gallery. If you did want to meet Doug, he is involved in our October Focus show. You could come down for First Friday, and he will have a lot of work featured in that show in our special one-month gallery. He's often there on First and Third Fridays and available to visit with people about his work. We're going to learn today more about Doug. I'd like for Doug to share a little bit about his background and, and how he became a sculptor. And we'll just kind of work through a conversation here. So, Doug, I like to open these interviews with a story about how you realized yourself as an artist. 
I, I work in the construction field and I was out of work for a while and there was cranes all over the town in Lincoln and I was kind of depressed and my wife took me to noise. I just started talking with Julia and got set up there and brought her in some pieces later and started actually doing stuff. Of course, I was working on stuff before that, but it was never for sale, never. I do Christmas gifts for, for family and things like that, but but never never did anything that kept me motivated in, in working on art. Was that about at that 10-year mark? Yeah, it was just before oh. I started in the in the noise gallery. Before mm-hmm. that, I did a lot of drawings. I've, I had colored pencils was my favorite uh, media, and I did a lot of pen and ink stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but since, since I've started here, I don't do much two-dimensional work anymore. I, I do some drawings when I'm working uh, for the the job I do, uh, but I don't do, uh, I don't do art drawings. Mm -hmm. Did you draw as a child? Yes, I did. I, that's where. A lot. Yes, a lot. I was into the, into the art. That was my favorite class all through, you know, school. All through school. Yeah. Okay. And it was always two-dimensional. I very, did very little three-dimensional stuff. Hmm. Now you mentioned that you're in the construction kind of business field as a career, uh, is that where you jumped to then, out of school? No, out of school. Well, I did some steel work, uh, steel fabrication work, but that was in a shop. I started doing HVAC work. I started with Cornhusker Heating and did HVAC work and then came through an apprenticeship program and and have worked there for 20-some years and and uh, have been doing HVAC work ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an apprenticeship program like that, is that an on-the-job apprenticeship? Yes. Yes. Okay. You do a couple nights of school every week, three hours a week, and then you're working for a contractor. And, and that's currently how pe- kids can go through that kind of experience now? Yes. Yes. Oh. And that's the union side of the, uh, of the construction trade. Okay. Um, and it's usually most of the, most of the trades have, have a program an apprenticeship program mm-hmm. that uh, that a person can get into. Right. That formal training, licensure, things like yeah, that that you yeah. need to go through. Yeah. So what, how is HVAC connected to steel sculpture? The tin, I, I bend tin at, at work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're making duct work and making fittings. And I've, I've always been creative in that realm, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. which helps me in that realm, has helped me to... Uh, to prosper in that, right? Uh, because people, you know, it, I tended to be the loudest when it came to the specialty projects, so I got more chances for doing the specialty work, and then, mm-hmm. and then uh, that has blossomed into into do just being creative, doing metal, and that's how I got my creative whims out for a lot of time. Uh, I forming jobs and worked in the field building, working on buildings. Uh, So you can get creative doing that, or I did. I got creative, and and my creative juices went into that, and I wasn't doing any work at home or in my shop, Mm -hmm. Uh, artwork. Right. Uh, For a lot of years, and I I think after after I started doing work and started and joined the noise gallery, that's when I started thinking how I've always been creative, but 
but didn't go towards that uh, artwork creativeness. Yeah, just a different venue for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you very much described the foundation skills of creative thinking and design thinking that is so important in an industry job like what you're uh, describing. Absolutely. Uh, seeing a space, visualizing space, understanding how things connect and fit into a space, mm-hmm. all of that is design thinking and problem solving. Yes. Yeah, very yes. much like sculpture yes. or painting or jewelry or yeah. Which is yeah. which is why it worked for me and mm-hmm. and and I see that now, but I don't think I saw it then. Yeah. Do you ever look in, you know, in new building now? A lot of that HVAC work and stuff is visible in the ceiling. Do you ever sit there and go, wow, what a beautiful artwork? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can see the creativity in the pipework or and sometimes the non-creativity. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you look up and you see how, wow, they could have done something better. <laughs> there you go. And, and I'm always mind. looking up in the ceilings whenever we go out to eat or go to mm-hmm. a bank or anything. I look up at the ceilings and I... Mm-hmm. I look at the diffusers and different things, and my wife <laughs> slaps my hand. <laughs> you don't have to critique it now. <laughs> keep, keep your eyes on <laughs> That's pretty fun. So that creative mind is just going all the time. It is. It yeah. Is. So now you get to go home. You have a home studio. Yes. And uh, that is a, a full, um, uh, what would you call it? What kind of a studio? Well, I've got a... I, it's just my garage. Okay. Uh, and I park in it, but uh, I've got a good-sized area that's a welding shop. Mm-hmm. I've got a nice welding table and a couple different welders and torches and this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I could use more. I could use twice as many tools as I've got, but who couldn't? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, it's my welding shop. I, I don't do big pieces. I think I think the size kind of limits me a little bit in in how big a pieces I could do mm-hmm. but I can still turn out nice work and and like you say it's it's the fun of doing the work that when I can devote a day to doing that yeah so how is it different from designing a ductwork system what what do you think differently about in a sculpture I never thought of doing when I was doing the ductwork I never thought of it as as creating something or 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 making a piece of art Mm -hmm. Uh, it was always just functionality Mm -hmm. of how to do something Uh, when I'm going out in the uh, in the shop and working on an idea I'm pretty solitary and 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 know what I'm gonna work on but I'm I'm solitary when I do it Mm -hmm. and I don't it's hard to explain your work doesn't look lonely and solitary, though. <laughs> Let's describe some of the things you like to make. Okay, I like I like big bells. I, I've got some bells out in front of noise, and I've sold a few. I like rust. I like things to the earth colors, browns, darks, greens. I, I very rarely use pastels, although sometimes I experiment that well that way. So I generally don't paint pieces. I figure out a way to coat the pieces with other metal or get it to oxidize the way I want it to to get the brown rusts and maybe change the rust. Sometimes I'll use acid somewhere 
to, to make one part of a sculpture rust different than the other parts. That's usually in the finished part when, when it's all done because it takes a little while to rust. Sometimes pieces have to set for a couple months to get their patina. Your bells that are in front of Noise Art Gallery, 119 right. South 9th Street, I, people can drive by and see those all the time. They're right out front, are huge and architectural-like. Yeah. Uh, you construct a, a whole system of how the bell hangs and a really interesting way of holding the mallet that you would hit the bell with. Where do those thoughts come from and, and how do your ideas build? Mostly it's with the pieces I've got laying around. If I salvage some pieces of pipe at the job and I have three or four pieces laying around for a long enough, I get something in my mind that I can do this or that and combine them with something else and make the bell. Mainly it's that. It's already having the pieces. I don't design before I pick up pieces. And so it adds on and adds on. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't. I I've bring one piece from, from beginning to end once I start working on a piece. Mm-hmm. I don't have it set in half finished. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't start as a sketch. Not usually. It's usually the pieces are laying there and I think about it first and I have it in my head. And then, yes, I will do a few sketches. A lot of times with the bigger stuff, the sketches will be in soapstone on the concrete floor. Oh yeah, and I'll and I'll draw it out and think about how it's going to look from the one side and think mm-hmm. about all the all the different angles that you're going to see it from. Right, there has to be a pretty big part of the engineering aspect. Yes, into that too. I I think so, and that's what I that's what I like. That's being creative and thinking about the the joint that's going to hold the bell itself up and let it rotate. Mm-hmm. So some of my bells can rotate different ways so that you could see different parts mm-hmm. and the, the person that that sets it where they want it to set can turn something one way if they want one side to be dominant over the other side depending on where they have it mm-hmm. so we're talking about really large scale bells uh, six feet tall six and seven feet tall yeah these are large garden sculptures they have a lot of weight to them and i'm assuming doug helps to deliver those yes i always have yeah <laughs> okay and you can see those at 119 south 9th street at noise art gallery now uh, doug also does uh, smaller scale pieces and he does have a lot available in say the two foot to three foot four foot range that could be an indoor sculpture could also be used outdoor these are all made out of a steel base material Yes. Okay. And then you either naturally let the surface patina and rust to become whatever browns are formed just because of the environment, or you uh, apply materials or, or make yeah. it stay more stable. Yeah, mainly to I'll use the acids to help the rust along. And, mm-hmm. and once I see the piece and, and where it's going, I can... I can help the rust along with acids. On some of my pieces, the indoor pieces, I'll use a polyurethane coating on it to to keep rust from coming forward. Mm-hmm. Of course, if people are keeping them inside, they're not going to rust anyway. Mm-hmm. But if they were put outside, a lot of the pieces I've got, I've stored outside or I've had outside for a while, and the polyurethane keeps the, the rust away mm-hmm. uh, because my, my steel sculptures like the the lifelike birds would start to rust and sometimes I wouldn't want that. 
Mm-hmm. So some of those sculptures are indoor only type okay. sculptures. Right, right. So you're dipping into a little more subject matter here. We talked a lot about your yeah. bells, and I have seen skeletons. Uh, you're mentioning birds. Uh, let's go more into some of those well, indoor I've, or subject matter type sculptures. Yeah, and the the when we can go right into that and stay in bells because for a while mm-hmm. I did. I did little copper bells, little copper and brass trinkets that I'd find on, on the job site or in the scrap bin, that were that were the shape of bells. And as long as the metals hardened or work hardened, they have a tone. So I'd mm-hmm. pick and choose between the tones, and and then, and then do a little bit of metal work to to make a nice hanging fixture for the for the bell to fit on and do a little bit of work with the bell and mm-hmm. so I've made some nice little copper and brass bells too that are small either hanging or setting on a table on an end table mm-hmm. type bells yeah um, and beautiful I have seen several integrated into really beautiful driftwood type uh, wall mount pieces yeah teakwood teakwood mm-hmm. mount pieces that, mm-hmm. uh, that I get uh and different woods too. I, I always pick up pick up things that would be neat for bases. Mm-hmm. I've always been interested in that, yeah. so I've got a pile of them in the garage. I'm just imagining your studio as a really awesome, curious, adventurous area. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff to get dusty because I grind in there, so mm-hmm. it's 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 messy in there mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and you know, really, metal workers. Yeah. I, it, you can't be clean. Yeah. It, that's just what it's about. <laughs> yeah. But it's very curious. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of curiosities up on the walls and mm-hmm. things I've made and half made. Right, right. Well, your big show coming up is in October at the Noise Art Gallery. And I know you're going to be featuring some uh, special Octoberish kinds of subjects. Yeah. And they've been hot sellers uh, in the gallery in the last few months. I've got the skeletons that I... I worked on for a long time trying to figure out how to build what to build and how to make a skull out of out of a piece of round tube and so uh, some of the things that I haven't got at the gallery are are popping beer cans that I've cut into I've cut into skull skulls and played with for for long enough that I learned how to do it or or figured out how to do it mm-hmm. And then these skeletons that are the the like two foot tall skeletons that I've had that I've got there now at the at the gallery were really fun to make, and I'm u- I use propane tanks, used propane tanks, um, the camper style and the torch style propane tanks. Uh, so I'm recycling stuff. I've always been that way. Most of my stuff is somewhat recycled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these skele- these skeletons have been fun to make and they are that is whimsical and and fun they play uh they dance yeah they sing they play instruments uh, <laughs> they are full of movement and life yeah uh if you think of day of the dead or uh, some of the Tim Burton uh, skeletal kinds of yeah. figures uh, you can really start to envision that playfulness and the the whimsy yeah of skeletons playing yeah <laughs> yeah very fun and i can't do i can't make them true to form in in uh dimensions 
So so that adds to the whimsical part mm-hmm. of them. The the heads are not are not round and domed at the top. They're they're more of a flatter type mm-hmm. because of the bottle that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. So that adds to the whimsicalness, and, and mm-hmm. they can't be anatomically correct. So that also, like Tim Burton stuff, adds mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And then I see, oh, maybe a little hat or maybe a little glimpse of some kind of clothing style. Yes. Uh, maybe a musical instrument tied in. Uh, just enough to build a little story to push your imagination along yeah. when you look at it. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I've pictured these in the Day of the Dead type type people would like this mm-hmm. uh, that like day of the dead stuff and uh, and the skeletons there's a there's a big following for skeletons people mm-hmm. people like that uh, so I, I kind of grab at those people yeah well I tell you what if you can come into noise art gallery at 119 South 9th Street and take a peek at Doug Hocko's work um, you will fall in love right away uh, such a variety of interesting, you know when you buy the piece, you are getting a one-of-a-kind original, very unique sculpture and uh, well-constructed. Uh, as you hear, Doug has a long history of working with metals and the creative process, and uh, we are very proud to have Doug at Noise Art Gallery uh, as one of our sculptors. And his opening is the first Friday in October, which is October 4th. Uh, he'll definitely be there then, but, you know, anytime in between now and then and after that, you can stop by on any first or third Friday, and oftentimes Doug is there. Or if you needed to contact Doug, maybe you would do a commission for someone. I love doing commissions. It's a whole other challenge to do, the way I see it. It's a challenge. Anything I'm going to do is is going to be over the top a little bit and, and done to what somebody wants on the on job sites. I've always given people, you know, if, if there's a challenge or if there's something to do, you know, you get that part done t- to somebody's satisfaction. And it's the same way with artwork. Mm-hmm. I, I love doing a commission that makes somebody smile at the end. Mm-hmm. And as for those skeletons, I've got a, a list there at the, at, on the display that I can do. Um, individual poses if somebody wants if somebody's grandfather was a barber I could make a a small barber chair and make a skeleton with a barber chair holding a pair of scissors or a comb or something or a towel over the shoulder over the arm Uh, I've got the pieces that I can build any pose that somebody wants it's called pose your bones I think is what the the thing on the the note on the pieces says well, stop by Noise Art Gallery or call and uh, just ask for Doug's contact information. And we can put Doug in charge of contacting you and getting that commission idea worked out. Certainly. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. And I appreciate all of our listeners coming by again to Art Talk Live. Coming up at Noise Art Gallery, 119 South 9th Street, we have so many events. We hope that you will find something that you can come to. All summer long, clear through the month of October, we at our first Friday opening sponsor a summer studio open house. And there are 12 artists who host a uh, open studio every first Friday 
through October 4th. They're opening their studio, so you can come in, take a look. You can see how they work, where they work. And some of the studios are an extension of a display gallery. We hope you'll stop by at one of our first Friday openings, either in August or September or November. And December, we have a lot of great shows lined up through uh, the rest of the year. Don't forget also that we do have a second opening every month on the third Friday. From 6 to 9 p.m., stop by 119 South 9th Street at Noah's Art Gallery and join us for some fun and fill your eyes with art. Come back to kzum.org forward slash art talk live and visit with more artists thanks for joining us have a great day this is julia noise from the noise art gallery and this has been art talk live i want to especially thank lila cho for her original violin composition that she did special for us tune in again we'll be looking for you